the more and more I thought of it and I said, you know what, if I'm going to take the main brew bus to the next level, not only the main side of things, but myself as a business owner to the next level, I decided that I did need some help. This is The Day That Changed Everything, a podcast series produced by Maine Biz, Maine's business news source. Every two weeks, we will post an interview with a Maine business leader whose life or business was upended in one day and learned how they navigated their way back. If all great changes are preceded by chaos, then this podcast series seeks to help us make sense of the chaos. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank, Maine Technology Institute, or MTI, and Sutherland Weston. Mainers have an unrivaled work ethic, an endless supply of ideas, a boundless energy to create, and the perseverance to not say it's done until it's done better than it was before. Which is why the Maine Technology Institute was created to support, nurture, and invest in those qualities, and make Maine a place where ideas and people can thrive. To see how MTI supports innovation, go to maintechnology.org. That's maintechnology.org. Welcome everyone to The Day That Changed Everything. I'm Renee Cordes with Maine Biz, speaking with Zach Poole, founder of the Maine Brew Bus. Welcome, Zach. Thank you, thanks for having me today. So to get us started today, tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from and what path led you to beer in the first place? Sure, so um, I'm originally from New York, Long Island specifically. I went to school in Massachusetts and found my way way to uh, Portland, Maine um, after I I got married. I have a background in education. I was a physical education teacher for about eight years. And I guess my path to beer uh, started at the -the run-of-the-mill public house in Saco, Maine. So I was one of the original staff there when they opened in 2008. We had just moved to Maine and was living in uh, Bitterfield at the time at my uh, wife's grandmother's house looking for a place to live. I got a job teaching part-time and then started working at the brew pub part-time and really fell in love with the local beers that were being brewed at the time, which there weren't as many as there are now. Um, But yeah, as I found myself at some brew festivals with the run of the mill and learned about some other local breweries. And um, that's kind of how I fell in love with local craft beer, uh, specifically in the greater Portland area and, and Maine. So then what prompted you to start the main brew bus in, in 2012? It's a short story in the sense that I was just looking for something to do myself and you know, really enjoyed the beer and learning about the, the business and the process behind making the beer. And there wasn't any company out there taking in Portland, taking guests around to the, the local breweries. So I talked my wife into, you know, probably over a few beers at Navari Res, talked her into letting me buy a, a bus and been all, all uphill from there, mostly uphill. Great. And so tell us, what does the main brew bus exactly do? Not all our listeners may be familiar with it. Right. So we are a tourism company and uh, specifically focused around the craft alcohol scene. So we do all-inclusive tours to breweries, wineries, and distilleries. We have four buses, three 15-passenger and one larger 24-passenger. So you can book uh, two seats on a bus. Normally, we're running seven days a week. uh, So you can book two seats on the bus or you can book the bus privately for a group outing, business outing, bachelor, bachelorette party, family outing. And we bring you into the breweries, 
spent about 45 minutes at three uh, breweries learning about the business and the process of making the beer. And it's all inclusive. You get to obviously taste the beer and find a new favorite beer and new favorite brand of yours. And so these are tours that would not normally be open to people without a, a ticket on the brew bus. Is that right? Correct. So most of our stops, um, we do hear from a brewery, a brewer, a brewery owner, or a taste room staff. Uh, we get a little VIP experience at each of the locations. So during the bus ride, we are providing background on the history of beer and prohibition here in Maine, talking about the spirit side and the wine side. And so you get a little sense and you build some friendships along the way with the other people on the bus. And you don't just visit breweries, as you mentioned, you also visit wineries and distilleries. Yes. So from the beginning, we've always uh, visited distilleries and New England Distilling was one of our, the first partners of ours in the very beginning and is still a great partner of ours. And then uh, when some wineries came to Portland, we started uh, visiting them. So as I say, we don't discriminate against any alcohol. Uh, <laughs> so we, we visit them all and we enjoy learning about the process and the different different styles and flavors that each of the locations have. So going back to the very beginning, what was it like to start a company from scratch? Because this was your first business venture, right? This was my first business venture. And I, I think I was probably pretty naive at the time that, that I was building a business. So, you know, I think I thought of it as a hobby. It'd be fun to drive people around uh, breweries. Then I found out that it's not much fun to be the driver all the time. Um, <laughs> and it was just me and one bus and the guests in the back. So I was yelling to the back of the bus, trying to tell them about each stop. And then they were asking me questions and I couldn't hear them. So very soon I realized it wasn't, wasn't ideal on what I was trying to build. And so I quickly changed that model and hired someone within the first few months. And who but was it definitely, your first hire? My first hire is Don Littlefield. So he's the general manager still with us and has helped been an integral part in growing the, the Maine Brew Bus and has been a great team player and advocate for Maine Beer. And you're so, up yeah, to how became, many employees now? We have three full-time employees and depending on the season between you know seven and 10 part-time employees. So that first year, you guys were pretty busy, weren't you? I read close to 1,500 passengers and you were rated the number one tour in Portland by TripAdvisor's users. So did that happen quickly for you? I would say it didn't happen quickly, but uh, we definitely started off on the slower side, uh, just running one or two tours a weekend and uh, building building our, our base of tours. And then we um, quickly grew and started on the marketing side of getting on TripAdvisor. And we had business cards that we'd hand out to each guest to review us on TripAdvisor. And it quickly spiked to us becoming the number one spot on TripAdvisor, which was a lot of fun. I still remember we had pulled out of the great lost bear and Don and I looked at TripAdvisor and we got excited that there were another one tour in Portland at the time. That so was, was unexpected. Yeah. I mean, people are like, well, you're getting, you're giving people alcohol. So of course they're <laughs> going to enjoy their time. But I think on top of that, we really provided a, you know, it's all about the experience and that's what our business model is. We're trying to not only have fun, but also educate everyone and our guests on the on the topic of alcohol really and is it fair to say that because uh, you mentioned there weren't as many breweries as there are today that you guys have grown alongside this booming craft industry in maine at the time i would love to say that it was my market research that led me to know that 2012 was the the correct time to start a beer tourism business in Maine specifically. But, you know, there was definitely some changes that came along the way that really helped breweries 
open and expand and uh, sell their beer. One being the, you know, the tasting room laws that, that changed in 2012 that allowed them to sell their beer from their tasting room. So that definitely, we've seen the growth in Maine breweries as we've grown and Portland and Maine has become this beer destination that I don't think many people would have imagined 30 years ago. I also noticed that your tour offers have gotten more creative and diversified to include rural breweries and some interesting, innovative combinations like beer and bird watching and sales and ale. So when did you start diversifying in that direction? The creative tour has really set us apart in the beer tourism industry. Like you said, the birds on tap, our beer and bird watching tour. You know, when I first was approached with that idea, I was like, our kind of thing is we try everything once and if it works, <laughs> great, we'll try it again. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll probably try it again and, you know, see if it, see if it uh, sticks. And I actually grew up with my mother being a bird tour leader and I love birds, but I didn't think it was going to be a, a sold out tour once a month and it <laughs> ended up being a sold out tour once a month. I would say, you know, after the first year, year and a half of business, I think we realized that yes, people love learning about the beer, wine and spirits, but they also like combining different types of experiences. So we'll go out on a boat, we'll go to a minor league baseball or hockey game and then do a tour either before or after we've done learn to curl the ice ice curling and that's been a huge hit and that was just more selfish on me because i wanted to learn how to curl so i said you know what let's team up with the curling club i'll learn Why how not? to curl and i can make some money doing it as well and i think it expands our offerings and it doesn't someone comes on a beer tour and then they want to do something different they can curl go to a sea dogs game or go out and check out some birds in Maine. You guys have also expanded geographically as well. You don't just offer tours in Portland or even in Maine. So when did you branch out? In 2017, I was approached by an acquaintance who runs, uh, who owns the Rhode Island Brew Bus. He uh, worked for a family business that he wanted to uh, devote more time into and had less time for the, the tour business. So we decided to acquire the Rhode Island Brew Bus. Just before that, we had expanded into Massachusetts. We've done some tours there, mostly private tours. But yeah, I mean, we kind of have a great model here in Portland. And to be able to share that with our guests and our brewer and brewery partners across uh, New England was kind of a no-brainer. And it just, these business ventures presented themselves and we, uh, we didn't stop. You also made one acquisition that same year, 2017, closer to home when you acquired a company called Maine Beer Tours in Portland. So how did that opportunity come about? Yeah, so that was Actually, similar to the Rhode Island acquisition, a local uh, couple had started Maine Beer Tours, very similar to our tours right around the same time. And they had a growing family and two full-time jobs, and they needed to, you know, devote more time to that. And so, again, we decided to purchase uh, Maine Beer Tours, and that's, you know, really allowed us to, currently we're the only beer tour operator specific to craft alcohol here in Portland. So before we get to the day that changed everything, so tell us how 2019 uh, went for the main brew bus. Any idea you can give about passengers and what were your plans for this year? 2019, uh, we had a really great year. Uh, we had just over 7,000 guests for the year. I think our biggest growth was in our private 
tour offerings. So we had hired a group sales coordinator specifically to grow our group sales side. And that really helped. And we were up to like 40% of our tours were private tours. So we were really looking forward to 2020 with more growth in that area. That's why we bought the bigger bus just about a year ago. And so we were using our own vehicle now rather than chartering or renting a vehicle for our larger tours. We definitely had some new ideas and wanted to have more of a presence down in the Old Poor on the Commercial Street. So we were looking at different different avenues to do that. We had a ticket kiosk down on Commercial Street last year, and we we're looking to repeat that and build upon that aspect. Plans are subject to change, as you discovered this year. Now we get to the the day that changed everything when you merge with a new business partner from Australia, no less, Dave Phillips of Dave's Travel and Events, I believe the largest provider of tours and activities in that country. So tell me first a bit, how did you connect with, with Dave? I think it was 2015, I was at a beer tourism conference in Asheville, North Carolina, and it's called the Beer Marketing and Tourism Conference. And Dave was one of the presenters from Australia. He flew in with his team, and that was the first time I met him. And actually, I didn't like him when I first (laughs) met him. He was, yeah, he's fun and outgoing and a little loud, and, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. But... It was probably that next year that uh, he came to the next beer tourism conference, which uh, was in Burlington, Vermont. And he did a little road trip with another beer tour operator and called me up and said, hey, we're going to stop in Portland for a couple nights. Are you guys around? I was like, yeah, definitely. We love showing off Portland, especially to beer tour operators, our colleagues. And so uh, that's, I would say, was when we really hit it off and we spent three days together in Portland, showing around and showing the great beer scene that we have. And then we spent another four days in Burlington, Vermont at the conference, again, over a lot of beers, but talking business and um, just getting to know each other. And that's kind of when our friendship, I guess, blossomed, if you want to say. And then he started visiting Portland because he fell in love with Portland. And so then we would drink some beers, talk business, and he kept on saying, hey, I want to, you know, I want to move to Portland. I want to move to Portland. I'm like, all right, yeah, great, move to Portland. He's like, well, I need I need a business. I need something to do. I want something to do. I'm going to kind of give away some of his Australian business to the other uh, managers there. And he wanted something here. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll look around. Like, I didn't really have an interest in an investor at the time. And I was kind of at a really sweet spot in, you know, life and business. And How so? being able to... I was able to manage both sides. So I was able to manage both family and business life better and devote more time to, you know, making sure I'm home for dinner and things like that. And my son was uh, started public school. So that also helped that he was, you know, I was able to work during the day while I was at school and then be home to pick him up at school, which is, you know, really important to myself, my wife and our family. So I wasn't really looking to do any leaps and bounds. And then he kept on saying, Hey, I want, I want to be, a partner of yours. I love the main brew bus, what you, you and Don have grown, the business that you've grown here. And I think I want to be part of the brew bus team. Family. And at what point did you say, let's go for it? I think the more and more I thought of it and I said, you know what, if, if I'm going to take the main brew bus to the next level, not only the main side of things, but myself as a business owner uh, to the next level, I decided that I did need some help. And uh, having an investor that had the background that he did 
in the tourism industry, international tourism, and just, you know, being the chemistry that we had built together, I kind of realized that I think it was going to be a, a smart business decision for myself and the main brew bus. So then on March 12th of this year, uh, I'm sure you'll never forget that date. Seems like a long time ago, I'm sure. You right. and Dave Phillips sign an agreement merging your companies, forming a new entity called Vestigo Travel Group. You each own 50% of that, correct? Correct. So for purposes of growing our business, we developed Vestigo Travel Group, which is a holding company for ourselves. We each own 50% of it. And on March 12th, we also signed a contract to purchase 90% of Brews Cruise Incorporated, which is a national beer tourism brand, uh, one of the oldest in the, in the country. And where were you when you signed the papers for these transactions on that day of days? I'm pretty sure I was in my office in Portland. I want to say at the time, Dave was in Australia in March. So we did sign together probably over Zoom. And I guess it's not a 16 hour time difference, right? And overcoming a 16 hour time difference. So yeah, and March 12th was ran one more day of tours after March 12th. So it was, uh, I think in Australia, it was a little more present. COVID-19 was more present than it was here in Maine. So at the time I was, again, not thinking it was going to be a big deal. And if we did have to shut down operations, it would just be for a couple of weeks. And that quickly, quickly changed. But yeah, the I guess the day that changed everything is when Dave took over 50% of the main brew bus. And with that, we developed Vestigo and bought a national brand that had nine locations across the United States. And what was going through your mind when you signed the papers? Definitely a lot of excitement because what I really am excited about for the the brand is that we'll be able to help other tour operators grow. So we don't own any uh, local licensees. They're all you know, licensed under the brand name, but they're all um, small operators just as I am. And some of them are smaller and some of them are larger and been around longer than I have. But what I really enjoy is helping we call it think outside the bus and that's where we come up with our creative ideas and different different tour offerings and diversify which beer tourism is great distillery tours are great wine tours are great but i think to really grow in in the tourism industry you have to be able to diversify and be creative and and do some tour offerings that aren't readily available in your sure. area. I can imagine it also might have felt a bit strange. You had run, founded this company, started it from scratch, were running it on your own. Now you have uh, an equal business partner. So did you have any anxieties about doing that? It was your baby. It's still kind of surreal that I technically only own 50%, but um, I think it was it was the right move. And I think it puts a little pressure on me not to let my business partner down now, you know, rather than I can let myself down and deal with it. But at the same time, like I need to make sure that he gets a return on his investment, just like I do, which is good pressure for me. And I think that that will help, you know, really move not only the main brew bus, but other ventures that we do in the future. The chemistry we have really, really helps that as well. And what are your roles now in this new setup? We're both co-founders of Vestigo Travel Group for Brews Cruise Incorporated. Right now, Don Littlefield is taking the reins in, in helping grow that. And he is also part owner, co-owner of that. So he is investing his time right now to really grow 
that side of things. We've just signed on a new licensee. So he's been in meetings with them in breweries out in Walla Walla, Washington. So that's really exciting that even during COVID, we still have an opening that is coming and we see, you know, more opportunity for growth in the brand um, there. So Dave and I are on the board and we are there for managing the side and we all are taking different roles and we have different expertise and in the end we can probably all do everything but some of us are better at other aspects and so we're trying to still learning how to divide our time and strengths as we're a new partnership just a few months ago so a lot of new stuff happening at once so we're going to take a very short break now and then when we come back we'll talk more about uh, how things changed and what the main brew bus and these new ventures are up to now you've worked you saved. And now it's time to enjoy what you've earned, your retirement. This is Kurt Garasha of Norway Savings Asset Management Group. We're more than just retirement advisors. We're family fiduciaries, promising to put you and your family's interest and goals first. Let us help you write your next chapter. For more information, visit norwaysavings.bank. Investment products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed by the bank and may lose value. We've already had a couple people reach out to us to see what Bruce Cruise was all about. So we definitely have some future growth in the immediate future, I guess, more than the long term. We felt it was going to be a longer play than we had originally signed up for, I guess you can say. Welcome back to The Day That Changed Everything. I'm Renee Cordes with Maine Biz, chatting with Zach Poole of the Maine Brew Bus about some pretty dramatic changes for your company that happened this year. So we were just talking about a merger agreed in March between the Maine Brew Bus and an Australian beer tourism company, Dave's Travel and Events. You guys formed a new entity called Vestigo Travel Group. So what exactly is Vestigo? Yeah, so Vestigo Travel Group is a company that Dave Phillips and myself have formed. 50-50 partnership, so we're um, both equal partners in that. And we formed Vestigo um, as a company to our first acquisition was Bruce Cruise. So that's partly we formed it kind of hand in hand at the same time to make the purchase of Bruce Cruise. And we're not actively looking for anything right now, but I won't say that that's not why we formed Vestigo. It's it's going to be a holding company. And if there's business opportunities that present itself in the future, we are potentially looking to to build more businesses. So tell us about the, the business model of Bruce Cruise. Yeah, so Bruce Cruise is a licensee program and think franchise, but uh, the license holders have more rights in their own uh, there's less franchise laws around, or there are no franchise laws uh, because it's a licensed program. So Mark and Trish Lyons uh, started Asheville Bruce Cruise in 2006, I believe. And then in 2008, they realized that probably similar to what I was seeing, people would call them up and like, I want to start a Bruce Cruise in my city. I want to start a Bruce Cruise in my city. And so they pivoted and became a uh, trademark brand, uh, Bruce Cruise Incorporated, and um, they would sell their license brand to other operators around the country. So they sold Asheville, so they weren't operators and they were could focus on the brand growth. And then they have... You know, currently there is nine, almost 10 new, or not new, and then soon to be 10 licensees across the country. 
mostly uh, southeast, but we have some in the west in Washington, uh, Denver, Colorado, Montana, and Idaho as well. Dave is still in Australia, right? Is, will he join you in Portland at some point? Pre-COVID, his plan was to get his e-visa and uh, move to Portland. And because of the embassies shutting down, he delayed that. He didn't delay that. That, that was delayed. And he had the chance to come back to Portland, I guess, in April. And, you know, there was a concern that he wouldn't be able to get back to Australia. And his his 90-day visa that he would, would have had would have been up. And then there, he would have, that could have impacted his e-visa eventually because he would have, you know, been basically not allowed in the U.S. but not be able to leave either because of the travel restrictions that either our country or his country were putting in place. So he's in Australia. And with the time difference, you know, we have a couple hours every day that we uh, have the chance, but he's also running business there as well, or helping, you know, reopen that side of things is Dave's travel and events company. And so we talk about three days a week for an hour or two, our afternoon, his early, early morning. So it's definitely been uh, not the ideal situation to, to go into new ventures with, but we've uh, been able to roll with it. And it's been nice to have a business partner to to chat with. How do you keep the, the corporate culture? You talked about that you guys have similar chemistries. How do you maintain that, that corporate culture that sort of has fueled uh, Main Brew Bus since over all these years? We don't like to think of ourselves as corporate, but our culture, our beer <laughs> culture, we have beers together. But right now at 4 p.m. my time, I can have a beer at 6 a.m. It's a little early for him to have a beer with me. Uh, so we haven't shared a beer in quite some time. To see your business shut down completely was hard. It was not an easy, easy thing for me to see. And then our business relies on other businesses to be open for sure. us to run. Also hard to see your friends' businesses be shut down. Us supporting our local craft alcohol businesses, we couldn't. And it's still hard for us today to do what we were doing before. We are starting up some tours, but it's definitely on the limited side and not nearly what we were doing a year ago. There hasn't been a culture during COVID. Right, no very employees. turbulent time for you guys right. and also all these changes happening at once. So what are you guys up to now? You're taking it slow, right? And getting back into the swing of things in part because you have to. For our tours here in Portland, we are slowly rolling out some walking tours. So we're doing a historical walk, talk and taste tour that visits three locations in the Old Port. We have great tour partners here in the sense that summer feet cycling we do a bike and bruise tour so we help coordinate that we're doing a sales and ales tour with calendar island so it's a small well not a small 60 foot sailboat that takes six guests aboard and we do the so beer side social distancing they're only doing private charters so it's only private groups so it wouldn't be three couples that don't know each other and so they're only doing that and we're going to add some spirits into want and wine onto that offering as well so we'll be your guide for the alcohol side so we'll talk about the breweries wineries or distilleries we are going to still do our birds on tap with limited availability uh, that'll be in just about a month and then our plan is once the breweries reopen inside their tasting room, then we'll resume our bus tours for that with 
obviously any limitations and the different protocols that we'll have to play with. So that's kind of what we're looking to do here in Portland. What about your plans for Bruce Cruz? You talked about adding franchisees and this changes the whole model for your company. So how do you ensure that new franchise operator will adhere to the same standards that you have adhered to and built up in your company? Do you have any nervousness about that? Because it's a license program, we actually don't have as much control over telling them what to do. But I think with the uh, experience that we bring, both Don, Dave, and I, and Mark, and the the know-how and the different ideas, I think we'll be able to purvey. We'll be able to tell the licensees like the best practices, and we really hope that they do follow. We were really bummed in the beginning, and I think it was Don that brought up, there's going to be a lot of people that may be looking to do something on their, you know, themselves. And they may have lost their job during COVID. And now they're like, you know what, I want to do something on my own so I can control my own destiny. And so, you know, we've already had a couple people reach out to us to see, you know, what Bruce Cruz was all about. So we definitely have some future growth in the immediate future, I guess, more than the long term, we felt it was going to be a longer play than we had originally signed up for, I guess you can say. How are you and your family doing now through all this? And does this make it a bit easier to spend time with your family? Or are you finding that you're busier than ever with all this happening? I think during the past few months since, you know, March 15th, we've spent too much time together. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, no, it's been, it's definitely been life changing. And our, what was important before is a lot of it's still important, but we definitely, I'm with my son almost five days a week and uh, and on the weekends, obviously. And luckily my wife was able to go back to work. She's a, she has her own business, her own physical therapy practice. So that obviously has helped her and her business and being able to help provide for the family. I think because of COVID, I've not had to do m- too much for the main brew bus side, just because we've been shut down um, until recently. Um, so there's only so much I could do. And we really concentrated on Bruce Cruz and trying to get all our ducks in a row to, to continue that growth there. Although for the main brew bus, it was probably the worst time for a shutdown because it's going into our busy season. We run year round, but seasonally we are obviously like a lot of businesses in Maine and tourism business were much stronger in, in the summer season. Sure. So all the sales going into the summer were gone and our summer season is pretty much gone. So we're hoping to reopen and recover from this, but it's definitely going to be a slower recovery and it's going to look a lot different than it, than it did a year ago. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we'll now take a short break and then we'll finish the program with lessons uh, learned from this whole experience and any advice you might have for fellow entrepreneurs. Remember why you went into business? You can say to fulfill a dream or change the world, but I'll bet the real reason you went into business was to make money. So how are you doing? And would you like to do better? Sutherland Weston Marketing Communications has been helping Maine businesses better do what they were built to do, make money by reaching audiences, catching eyes and ears, and helping them make the sale. Worth a phone call? Find Sutherland Weston Marketing Communications online at sutherlandweston.com. 
What made me realize that it was going to work is the chemistry that Dave and I have. We both have are really concentrated on the experience that we can provide, whether it's for the main brew bus or his tours over in Australia or for the Bruce Cruise. We also like helping each other, helping others build their business. And I know even if Dave wasn't a partner, he would probably have been an advisor for me to run ideas off and same for me to him. Wrapping up with Zach Poole, the merger you've been talking about and bringing in a 50-50 business partner was a major change for your company, the main brew bus, that you started from scratch and grew into a, a solid brand. Uh, it's still pretty new, just being a few months old, but what would you say you learned from this whole experience? The experience of bringing on a business partner through a pandemic is, you know, probably different, a lot different than it would have been a year ago or a year from now, hopefully a year from now. So what made me realize that it was going to work is the chemistry that Dave and I have. We both have, are really concentrated on the experience that we can provide, whether it's for the main brew bus or his tours over in Australia or for the Bruce Cruise. We also like helping each other, helping others build their business. And I know even if Dave wasn't a partner, he would probably have been an advisor for me to run ideas off and same, same for me to him. I think because of the pandemic, there's been a little guilt on my side being that he <laughs> just bought a business and that shut down. And then we also bought another business that nine other locations had to shut down as well. And only two to three of them are opening up slowly so far. You don't there's have any regrets little... though, do you? No, no regrets. I'm definitely excited about the partnership and the, the ideas that we have to pivot to make sure that the companies survive and that we grow them and keep the uh, the beer tourism experience and the alcohol tourism experience alive and kicking. Any advice that you would give to other entrepreneurs, people who've started businesses and are thinking of bringing a partner, what would be your top advice? Make sure it's the right fit and every business is a little bit different. And I decided to take on an investor that had experience in the beer tourism and tourism industry. And I think that was definitely going to be the right move and making sure you're not that you can work together well but also that you're able to communicate what you think is the right move because you're both going to have different ideas and there's going to be a lot of stress in running a company together um, especially if you've been running it yourself the whole time but it's also exciting and fun and I think the the culture that you can build is it will be exciting for your employees or your staff and your growth and before we close, any any final thoughts about uh, this partnership and your company going forward? Look for supporting not only us, but other local tour businesses and uh, your craft alcohol providers. So uh, breweries, wineries, and distilleries. They are all, most of them are able to open right now, but we don't know how much longer they'll be able to stay open. And so supporting them is is really important. I think that's, you know, my biggest takeaway from this pandemic is I've always been a bi-local guy, but it's preaching about the bi-local mentality to family and friends and making sure that you keep your money local and because it is hard when the business isn't there. This has been a production of Main Biz. Find out more about this podcast and other Main Biz media products at mainbiz.biz. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank, Maine Technology Institute, or MTI, and Sutherland Weston. The Main Biz podcast team includes Renee Cordes, Will Hall, Maureen Milliken, 
Allison Nason, Andrea Tetzlaff, and Donna Broussard. Audio editor and producer is Chris Sedenka. Logo and marketing designer is Matt Selva. The Main Biz podcast team also thanks Peter Van Allen, Betsy Vanderplug, Ken Hansen for their contributions. Subscribe to the Main Biz podcast at mainbiz.biz or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Copyright 2020.